to serve and protect, bringing diversity to Australia's emergency services. Australia has an estimated 250,000 emergency service volunteers. They are vital to the country's capability to respond to emergencies and disasters. However, their contribution is under threat. Australia's volunteer workforce is shrinking. Both the number of people involved in formal volunteering and the number of hours individuals are dedicating to these roles have declined in recent years. Time pressures on families and increasing work commitments are playing a role, along with growing individualism and a decline in altruistic values, according to some. For emergency service organizations that rely on volunteers, this is a worrying trend. These concerns have led to much strategic thinking about how to boost volunteer numbers. Emergency service volunteer ranks have traditionally been filled by able-bodied, Anglo-Celtic, heterosexual men, with little representation from indigenous, culturally diverse or LGBTI groups. Female volunteer numbers have also been low, due to perceptions of an old boys or military culture in emergency service organizations. Yet these organizations are coming to see that to remain viable and, as some would argue, to operate effectively in their communities, they will need to attract and retain a more diversified volunteer pool. The essay to serve and protect, bringing diversity to Australia's emergency services written by Trish Prentice tells the stories of volunteers from diverse cultural and religious backgrounds who have joined the emergency service volunteer ranks. It describes why they joined, what they have gained from the experience, and the challenges, and how their organizations and the broader community have benefited from their service. While numbers of volunteers from diverse backgrounds are still small these individuals are paving the way for broader institutional change. This article is an extract from the original essay. We have included two volunteer stories however there are many more. To read the entire essay visit. ScanlanInstitute.org.o Ahmad, Country Fire Authority Outside his local halal kebab shop, Ahmad saw a poster seeking CFA recruits. He'd come to Australia from Sri Lanka as an international student and was keen to make Australian friends, to learn more about the culture and to feel more integrated. Being part of the CFA looked like fun. The recruitment poster featured refugees and showed that anyone was welcome to join, so in 2017 he signed up. I was attracted to the adrenaline, the lights and sirens, he says. We don't have anything like this back home. I wanted to put back into the community. Four years later, as a member of the Warrant CFA Brigade, Ahmad tries to go to as many call-outs as possible outside his work hours. The brigade attends house and industrial fires, car accidents and other types of rescues. Ahmad has fought a number of bushfires. The 2019 Gippsland fires was a time he'll never forget. I was deployed for five days to East Gippsland. It was different. It was scary. We were all anxious but also ready and prepared to fight the fire and help the community. Everyone got together. There were donations of food for the firefighters. Local businesses provided free food. Everyone helped each other. As much as that time was difficult and scary, I think back to it. We got messages from around the world. I learned a lot. We went there and did what we were supposed to do. Ahmad says his work as a volunteer is awesome for a graduate, for getting into the workforce, for learning how to deal with stakeholders. You start off learning skills that are accredited. Things like first aid and firefighting skills, then you learn a whole lot of soft skills like communication, working under pressure, working in a team. These go hand in hand with the technical skills you gain. They are both things you need in a workplace. Ahmad knows a few other Muslims in the CFA and a few other people of color. 
He says this has been helpful for drawing others in. People don't know if they can join. They are quieter and more laid back. They don't make the effort to inquire. When you have people from different backgrounds it's easier for people from those cultures to approach them and ask questions. People have been able to have conversations with me about what it's like. For Ahmad, having people like him from different cultural backgrounds in the brigade is crucial for the recruitment process. His brother has even joined. That's part of CFA's recruitment strategy, he says. If you have one family member join you can draw in other family members as well. It helps break down those barriers. Zulfi, State Emergency Services. Zulfi joined the SES because, coming from Afghanistan at war, he was mindful of what Australia had given to him. He wanted to give something in return. He said to himself, let's do something for these people. So he did. Four years into his service Zulfi has been involved in many emergencies, from road accidents to fallen trees. He also fought the 2019 Gippsland fires in Victoria, and has taken part in missing person searches. These memories stay with him. I've done a lot of missing person searches. Sometimes the outcomes are not so great but when you get a good outcome it's fantastic. I've had times when I've found someone and the family have come and hugged me. In those times I feel like I've done something for the country. I've helped someone from here. Most SES units are not culturally diverse, but Zulfi's in Greater Dandenong is one of the most diverse in the state. Its 45 members speak 16 languages. Members use this cultural capital in their volunteer recruitment drives, asking people in their own language to join the SES. Zulfi has found that people in the Afghan community value this approach. When we are speaking in their language, they ask, how did you get into that? What do you do? They are interested in how I am giving back to the community. He also says it creates trust. If they see someone like me, they see an idol, they want to be like me. It's led to others becoming involved. Yet Zulfi knows there can be barriers to getting involved. He found the application process difficult because of the language on the application form. But the unit helped him. They broke down the process into smaller segments, he says. Zulfi says being part of the SES has changed his life. He's developed new skills, not least, how to use a chainsaw. He's expanded his social group, meeting a range of people from different backgrounds, many of whom have become friends. But giving back to the community, that's the best bit for me. Does diversity matter? Emergency service organizations are grappling with Australia's cultural and religious diversity. Strategic thinking about how to draw on this human capital and how such engagement can lead to better outcomes in emergencies is underway. Yet there has been some resistance to change. A program initiated some years ago highlights some of these barriers. In 2000, the Fire and Emergency Services Authority of Western Australia, FESA, decided to host a series of workshops for staff on understanding Islam. One local unit wanted to talk to new arrivals from Somalia, Sudan, Iraq and Afghanistan about emergency services and hazards but were unsure how to go about it without being clumsy. Unit members, wanting to build relationships with Muslim community leaders to deliver safety messages, decided to circulate an expression of interest to gauge how many staff might attend professional development to improve their understanding of Islam. The organizers didn't expect the backlash. Emails challenged the need for the activity. Since standard operating procedures, SOPs, were applied equally to all people, irrespective of nationality, race or religious beliefs. Other staff said, why do I need to know anything about someone's religious beliefs? I am saving lives, I treat everyone the same. Another said, 
firefighters deal with all people equally. Nationality, race or religious beliefs do not affect our SOPs. All the public we come into contact with deserve to be, and in fact are, treated the same. The question of when and how cultural diversity or difference might play a role in emergency service work is controversial. Some believe it plays little role because individuals are treated equally in an emergency. Preserving life takes precedence above all other considerations. Others believe cultural considerations should be taken into account in an emergency response. One of these is Jared Taylor, Executive Director of the Queensland State Emergency Service Volunteer Association and a long-serving Queensland SES volunteer. We are all people and all need to be treated equally but because of differences in culture, our diversity and our individuality, we need to be able to adapt. We need to be able to treat our cultures slightly differently, because they are all different. As an example of this, in some cultures it is not appropriate for men to be left alone with women. Whether we agree or disagree with that is not for us to determine. But to be able to reach those parts of our community we need to have an understanding of that because at the end of the day we still want these people to receive help and to get on the flood boat and be evacuated. There are some communities that are very focused on their elderly and their well-being. We need to have systems and processes in place that allow us to understand that and to assist those cultures. Likewise, language is also important. We don't all speak English. We need to be able to adapt to differences so we can provide assistance. We can't expect in a time of crisis for everyone to all of a sudden speak the same language, that's not a reality. We are all unique, we are all diverse, we are all individuals, and in order to reach individuals we have to adapt accordingly. Looking forward. Emergency service organizations looking to recruit more religiously or culturally diverse volunteers might do best to start with the cultural capital that already exists within the organization. If volunteers know no one else from their cultural background in the organization, it could be a missed opportunity. Each volunteer brings social, educational or professional networks that could facilitate broader recruitment. Could their story be used to encourage others from a similar cultural background to join? Word of mouth is a powerful medium. Hearing about an organization from a friend, relative or another social contact is often perceived as a more credible and trustworthy source of information than a brochure or poster. Current volunteers may have knowledge or experience about how to engage their community. An understanding of values, community structures and pathways for communication can all be drawn on to encourage further volunteering within their communities. In the face of disasters and emergencies, communities need to band together then work together towards recovery. Emergency Management Victoria says the emergency management sector can lead and encourage this cohesion through embracing diversity within its own organizations, openly reaching out to diverse groups in the community, delivering services that meet the needs of the whole community, and positively influencing change more broadly. By becoming more inclusive and diverse, emergency management organizations will strengthen their connection to the communities they serve. These volunteers provide powerful examples of how individuals from different backgrounds can work together. Through their service, they are not only making a tangible contribution to Australia but paving the way for others from culturally or religiously diverse backgrounds to get involved in emergency service volunteering. While emergency service organisations face genuine challenges as they seek to become more representative, the benefits of tapping into Australia's cultural resources will set them up to meet Australia's emergency and disaster response needs into the future. About the author, Trish Prentice. Trish Prentice is a researcher with a particular interest in social cohesion and religious communities. 
She has worked in Australia and overseas in the government, academic and not-for-profit sectors, including in Cairo, Egypt, working for an organization specializing in Arab West understanding and in Geneva, Switzerland for a human rights advocacy group. Trish has managed research projects in Indonesia, Singapore and Pakistan and written on various topics, including Islamophobia and Australian values from an Islamic perspective. Trish joined the Scanlon Foundation Research Institute in 2020. This article was first published in the Australian Emergency Services magazine Volume 26, Issue 5 2021.